Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nashawn Garrett, and we have been talking about the Feast of the Lord. In our last episode, we talked about why um, it is important that we do observe the Feast, but mostly and in particular, how do we do that? There are many people who are confused and they think that the law has been done away with. They think that the feasts, they think that all of these things are a Jewish thing. They're not actually a Jewish thing, guys. They're actually, um, they are actually feasts belong, belonging to God. And they're commemoration, and then commemoration of a historical event that took place that points to the glory of God and his plan of salvation. Uh, we have recently, we have been talking about how, essentially, how do we keep them? Where do we keep them? And the new way in which to observe Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. So how do we do that, guys? Well, as believers, we have a new way to observe Passover. In the New Testament context, a person is no longer required to go to Shiloh. You're not required to go to Jerusalem to keep the feast. You don't have to kill a Passover lamb. You don't have to put do- blood on the doorposts. Your Passover lamb, and our Passover lamb, is Jesus, Jesus Christ, and he was killed at Passover in 33 AD, once and for all, according to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 27. So how do you, how do I, today observe Passover in a lawful manner? Do you guys know that we want to, that we are still commanded to keep the law? Although we do not keep it in the same way that the Jews keep it, we keep it under the new covenant, We have uh, a new way and a new administration of the law um, because we have a new high priest. And so the way that we now keep the law is very different than uh, the way that it was kept under the old covenant. So how do you keep it today? Well, one keeps Passover by applying the blood of Jesus, who is the true lamb of God, to the lentils of one's house. That is to say, your forehead. And that is how God's name is put on your forehead. It is through the lamb of the blood, the blood of the lamb, uh, applied to our body, which is our house. And uh, also, just to kind of give you guys a little bit of, of teaching on this side, the, the blood is also symbolic of the teaching of Christ. So when we apply the teaching of Christ and his understanding, his truth, then um, it actually heals our souls. And um, when we submit, conform, and don't resist the will of God through through Christ and his teachings, that is actually uh, also a part of the salvation process, which is amazing. So applying his teachings, applying his word to our lives, that is essentially, um, that's how we fulfill Passover. And it's the only lawful way to keep Passover since Acts chapter 2, um, since the day of Pentecost. So now there is also a new way to observe Pentecost. So how do you keep it? Well, let's talk about the old way to keep it first. Under the old covenant, here's how you would keep Pentecost. Pentecost was known as Shavuot, right? Um, and it's the feast, I believe, I believe it's the feast of weeks. And it was observed by offering to God two loaves of wheat bread and these wheat breads were baked with leaven okay so now there's all this spiritual understanding and application here because do you remember that 
Jesus had one po- at one point in time said to the disciples, uh, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, right? And what was he saying? Beware of their teaching. Beware of the things that their doctrine. Beware of their principles. Be- beware of their morals. Beware of their understanding. Beware of their interpretation. Beware of those things um, because uh, a little leaven causes the whole leavens the whole lump right and so we so the bread is symbolically mixed in with leaven and it actually speaks to the age the church age which wasn't a perfect church age of course we see tons of terrible and horrible things that went on in the church age when especially when the roman catholic church was in power uh, and through the dark ages we see um, many terrible things during the church age um, and that is because that is an age that is mixed with leaven which is bad doctrine bad teaching bad understanding bad interpretation so um, Pentecost is a leavened feast it's not a purely unleavened feast it, it does have leaven in it and so God has accounted for in this age he knew that there was going to be um, even if it was the Pentecostal age he knew it was going to be mixed mixed teaching mixed belief so in the temple in jerusalem you have the high priest and the high priest was offering two loaves of wheat um, when the fire uh, came down upon the foreheads of the disciples in the nearby upper room so we have to also take note that this was the third hour of the day So when the priest was offering up the loaves of bread in the temple, it was the third hour of the day. And so when we understand and we make these connections, we can see the symbolism. We can see how understanding the feast and understanding the lawful context of of why they're doing of what's actually going on in the temple. We'll see the connection between at the third hour of the day. That's when the fire came on the foreheads. It was the same time that the priest, the high priest, was offering the breads and the loaves. And so it helps us understand the context of our Bibles as we read them. Um, and that's very, very important, obviously. So the high priest, they set the time for the outpouring of the spirit. But their offering was not accepted by fire. The fire came down on the head of the disciples because their heart offering was acceptable to God. And not only was their heart op- uh, offering acceptable to God, they had contrite hearts and humility. And they were obedient to the word of Jesus, which was, Hey, tarry in Jerusalem until I send you power from on high, which is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. In Acts chapter 2, verse 3, we read this. There appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And I think that's important to understand, too, that all the 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, guys, then is today the only way that you and I and a person can lawfully keep the Feast of Pentecost since the place where he has chosen to put his name is on our foreheads. And this is why the tongues of fire came upon the foreheads because it was like God um, marking out. This is where my presence is. This is where I will put my name. So we don't need visible fire um, because this moment in time marked um, 
it marked the place where God had put his name. And then it only needed to happen on the first Pentecost because that's it should have been clear. Hey, by the way, this is where this is where I'm keep you need to keep Pentecost at. And he marked it out. So there's also a new way to observe Pentecost. Uh, we also we have a new way to observe Passover. We have a new way to observe Pentecost. And now we also have a new way to observe the Feast of Tabernacles. So how do you lawfully keep the Feast of Tabernacles? Does it happen in a certain location, in a booth made of branches like they did in Old Testament times? No, it is not. It is a feast. And this can only be kept in the place where he has put his name, as we see in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 15. And so the only difference is the third feast has not been filled historically. So the Feast of Tabernacles has not had its historical fulfillment, whereas Passover had its um, had its fulfillment at the cross. Tabernacle, um, Pentecost had its fulfillment at the in Acts chapter two in the upper room. Tabernacles has not yet happened yet, but it is prophetic um, in nature, and we will find out what's going to happen um, at this historical fulfillment. Um, this is fulfilled. Tabernacles is historically fulfilled at the second coming of Christ. And that is when we receive glorified immortal bodies. And we leave this present mortal tabernacle and we're transferred into that tabernacle that's not made with hands and that is eternal in the heavens. So one thing I like to connect is remember how Jesus says, um, I'm going away, but in my father's house there are many mansions. In my father's house there are many mansions. And I go to prepare a place for you. This is the place that he is preparing, guys. This body, a immortal, glorified body. It's not that you're going to have a, a, a mansion in heaven. It's not that you're going to have a, a little loft or a condo up in heaven in a skyscraper overlooking a, a, the, the scenery. No. It's he's preparing a physical body for you, a glorified, immortal, physical body for you that is also a spiritual body. So under the old covenant, the men were required to build booths, and they were made from living branches. Now, I want you guys to notice this, too, because these branches are symbolic of the mortality that these men had. And remember also, in the book of Genesis, how God had covered man and woman with fig leaves, with the branches. So he had clothed them with mortality, guys. We were clothed with mortality, and that's, in my opinion, uh, what some of these fig trees could have represented. Because his fig, he didn't put fruit on them, no, um, but he put these leaves and these branches, these living leaves, these living branches upon them, and he covered over their nakedness. He covered over um, their nakedness. And so... I think that that's kind of a cool little connection. He did clothe us with mortality, but we need to put off this mortality and assume the the assume immortality, basically. And so, in the old covenant, they were to camp out in these booths made of leaves for seven days. We see this in Leviticus chapter twenty-three, verse forty-one. And in practice, they would read the book of Deuteronomy and they would learn the law, and it was an excellent method of teaching. And helping them to remember the law of God. But in the new covenant, 
the fulfillment of this feast is what we as believers should be anticipating today. Uh, to dwell in a particular booth at a, in some particular location can easily miss the prophecy of the feast itself. The prophecy, guys, is speaking to the fact that we are in temporary mortal booths. That's what they should be, have been thinking. That's what it is symbolic of. That is what its spiritual significance is. Wait a second. This house isn't, this house is a temporary house. It's going to fall apart. Now we are waiting a new, a, a home that is permanent, more permanent than this house. And we will get that. And that is what we are waiting for, guys. And that is what tabernacles is prophetic of. So the booths or Sukkoth are tabernacles. They're tents. In Hebrew thought, though, our bodies are also tabernacles or tents. And we were considered, and they were considered to be one's clothing, quote-unquote, for the soul. So let's look now where Paul gets his understanding uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, that we have a building of God, and a house not made with hands, it's eternal in the heavens. For in this house, this mortality, this current body, we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed, with our house, which is from heaven, which is an immortality, guys. It's immortality. It's a body that doesn't decay and break down and die. It's, it's a body that's not temporary. If so, be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. And there's much spiritual significance to that, guys, because um, we don't want to be found naked, which is to be found without a body at all. And there's some people who teach well, we're going to go to heaven, and it's going to be great, and we'll just be all these spirits hanging out and living without just without a body. To be without this physical body is to be naked, guys, to be unclothed. So, it's, there's so there is so much to, to, to tie this into, and it makes me kind of wonder, in the book of Genesis, before they had received their the fig leaves, their their mortality um they were like in this place where they they had a different body which wasn't immortal but it wasn't mortal and they as soon as they lost that that position in paradise in the garden of 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 uh, eden as soon as they lost that position they were naked they were naked guys and that's uh that's 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 very sad. You don't want to be naked, guys. You don't want to be naked. We want to be clothed, and that's what Paul is saying here. So that we should not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, we do groan, being burdened, not for that we will be unclothed. You don't want to not have mortality. You don't want to not be clothed with something, but we want to be clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up in life. That's the point. Mortality to be swallowed up in life. We don't want to be found naked like God found Adam and Eve naked. They were unclothed, but he clothed them, guys. He clothed them and he put on them mortality. Notice, guys, how Paul refers to the glorified body as a house, a tabernacle, a building, and as clothing. And this clothing is currently reserved for us in heaven while we groan in our present mortal bodies. So then, guys, there are two sets of clothing. There are mortal and immortal bodies. 
And for right now, we are mortal, but we look forward to the day when our mortality is swallowed up by life. And that is when we receive our new clothing that is currently reserved for us in heaven. And we're looking forward to this historical fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles. And right now, we're in a time of preparation. Even as the Israelites were in preparation, they were to prepare their hearts in, in obedience and submission to the word of God uh, in the wilderness for the day that they would enter the promised land. But of course, we know that many of them died in the wilderness because of their lack of faith, because they did not prepare well. So we possess this inheritance, immortality, these immortal bodies. We possess it as a promise. And if we keep the vision of tabernacles alive, without building a house in the wilderness, we will have faith, the faith of overcomers to inherit all that God has for us. As individuals, we are justified then by faith to the new covenant application of tabernacles, of Passovers. We are sanctified and we learn obedience, having the law written on our hearts through the new covenant application of Pentecost. We are glorified through the new covenant application of tabernacles. The feast days were not abolished, guys. These three feast days represent a level of faith in our relationship with God as we mature spiritually as children of God. Justification, though necessary, is just the first step. Pentecost is a growing period, and tabernacles is the final step where, by which we are declared to be sons, mature sons of God, who reflect the image of our Heavenly Father. And these can be entrusted with kingdom authority because they do only what they see their Father do, and they speak only what they hear their Father speak. And so those who come into this inheritance first, there's a first fruits that takes place. Those are the ones who God will use as examples to bring the rest of creation into the same experience so that they too can be blessed and fulfill their purpose for creation. And it's a beautiful thing to know, guys. And now you understand and know how to keep the feasts for yourself in a spiritual manner. So now you don't have to be afraid to read the book of Leviticus and when it talks about the feast and the leavened bread. No, now you can start to understand, oh, I see. Uh, this has been fulfilled and this was fulfilled. But this has not yet been fulfilled. And so every little piece, every word that is written, uh, speaks to something amazing, guys. Something amazing, and it, and it connects to us. So don't reject the Old Testament. Don't reject the law of the prophets and the Psalms. Don't reject a careful study of the fullness of the word of God. But set your hope uh, on him and continue to learn and understand and grow. And I bless you as you do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessings to you guys. We will talk to you soon.